Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, your host, Tony Naylor, joined in the studio today by, of course, Mr. Tom Kerridge, star of the show and chef extraordinaire, but most importantly for the purposes of this week's episode, dog lover. Yes, (laughs) you heard that right, dog lover. For in this pod, we're going to look at how dog ownership intersects with a love of food, from eating out with your pooch in tow to what you feed your beloved hound. So, Tom, good afternoon, and I suppose we should uh, both set the scene for the listener here in terms of our relationships with the animal kingdom, so I'll go first and keep it simple, in that I don't have one. Um, (laughs) This will date me. The only pet I have ever owned is a goldfish called Adamant. I love that. (laughs) Who lasted for uh, some total of two days before I found poor Adam floating belly up in the tank, and I don't think I ever recovered from that tragedy, really. So, Did you win him at the fair? Pretty sure I did, actually. I couldn't remember whether, you know, it was one of those things, did I imagine that? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I did win it at a fair. I love that. Not known for the longevity, I believe, goldfish that you win at fairs, but, you know. No, I mean, to be honest, any animal that comes to you in a clear plastic bag full of water, (laughs) I can't imagine it's got much of a life expectancy in front of them. But yes, uh, didn't come from a family of uh, animal lovers. Uh, you know, I have been around dogs. I have friends who are dog owners. Yeah. I have very good friends who are dog owners. But you know, like rugby union or country and western, it's just not something I've ever seen the appeal of. <laughs> Which actually puts me puts me in a kind of unfashionable, not minority, but certainly, you know, makes me unfashionable. Uh, Two million more dogs uh, came into circulation during the pandemic, takes it up to 12 million dogs in this country. So, uh, you know, as you may now tell me, I am missing something, am I? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I can't imagine life without dogs. That Now, me, me and my wife have had dogs for uh, nearly 20 years now that, we, you know, we've, we from spaniels through to boxers and through to French bulldogs now. And they're, you know, they're, they are, uh, I mean, uh, 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 they're brilliant companions. Now, the thing for me is, because there's a release of energy on a day off of going, let's go for a walk, let's go for a wander through the woods. It gives you a purpose of, like, wandering through the woods. There's something, you know, throwing sticks, playing with a dog. It's a, it's a nice thing to do. But also, the thing about dogs is that they've got this wonderful, um, it doesn't matter what time of day you come in, and they live in the moment. Dogs live for the moment. So if I come in really, really late at night, at night they're pretty much 
I mean, I'd say pleased to see me. I mean, one or it depends where we go through in through the dog ages that I've had. Some of them get to the point where they're so old that they just can't be bothered to get out of bed. But most of the time, you come through the door, and the dog is pleased to see you. And it's up early in the morning. It's up late at night. It'll do. You know, it, it's a it's a nice thing to have around a family home. I love it. I love having dogs. So you've got two at the moment. Is two that right? at the moment? We've we, we we've had three at one point. Um, which actually, I've got to be honest. My my wife loved having three, but I just found it. A little bit of a handful it becomes like because if the two of you are walking the dogs it's cool you've got one each it's no issue there's no three becomes a bit of a pain it becomes it does become a bit too much but yeah they're there and we go through um one of them is a rescue we've had rescue dogs before and i love the idea of like saving a dog from um, having a bit of a stressful life and making sure that they settle in and lovely and this the dog that we've got now the rescue one is just like i mean it's so happy to be in a home like she's loving it she's she's a proper family pet my little man loves her she loves him they run around they play that my my little bloke is quite a biffy karate loving rugby playing six-year-old and this is a french bulldog with like a head like concrete and she <laughs> like the two of them bash and play and just like they're just really really good fun to go and and that's lovely that's it's lovely to see i, I love having dogs around so how soppy about them are you are you one of these people who draws little paw prints in christmas cards as if they're from the dogs as well i don't draw the paw print of christmas cards However, I have got a paw print tattoo, look, on my right, left arm. Yeah. So that is, so that story is, for, so we took ages ago, and bless her, she's no longer with us, uh, a rescue dog, a, a big white boxer called Georgie, and she stuck to me like glue. She was like my best mate. Um, and this must have been about 20, 20 years ago that she was with us. And we opened the Hand of Flowers 17 years ago, and she she was with us then. And then we had the extension built at the Hand of Flowers pub. And, and when we got, so the kitchen kind of was made bigger because the original kitchen was tiny um, and the, we laid some wet concrete and she stood in the wet concrete as the foundations of that kitchen and my my wife Beth she's a, an artist and a sculptor so she knows what she's doing she took a wax of the actual footprint of her front right paw which is that footprint there and uh, when she when she passed away she had well, that's her actual right footprint and that's actually transferred into the, the restaurant into the centre of London which has got a lot of the branding with that footprint on it because it's the it's kind of like the foundation in, in the kitchen of the Hand of Flowers is everything else that we've done where we've got to is built on that foundation, which includes George's footprint. So it's kind of like they, they, they're very much a part of our life. Cool. So how pampered are they? So we're talking about dog food here. So yeah. uh, what do you feed your dogs? And maybe for for non-dog owners who have stuck with the pod this far, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> not yeah, switched yeah, off yeah, immediately. Switched off. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what are the options that are open to a dog owner? Well, uh, I mean, to be honest, you'll have to ask my wife. She goes through all sorts <laughs> of different food until you find the right ones. And, uh, uh, actually, the one thing that we've got with these two dogs, uh, one of the, they've, they've both got, uh, one of them's been very ill with cancer and has had lots and lots of operations. And she's now uh, 11 years old. And so her food, you've got to be quite careful about what we're feeding her. She also has an allergy to poultry, which is quite, quite a lot of French bulldogs have. So I've got two French bulldogs. Uh, and the rescue one also has um, allergies to to poultry so they're they're both fed dry food so it's like dry little like nuggety nibble things and every now and then if they're lucky they might get a sprinkling of grated cheese on the top or they might get a little bit of cold sausage mixed in with it so 
Dibble, this is known as in the trade, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it is, yeah. Well, don't for a non-dog owner. Well, you know, I've, I've done my research. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can also get wet foods, you, uh, which are kind of like the tin stuff that everybody knows. If you had pets in the 90s, pretty much everything came out of like a wet food out of a tin. It now kind of comes in pouches as well. You also get um, you also get raw food. A lot of people do raw dog food that comes like in frozen little blocks um, that's kind of just like raw mince, but there's a process to it. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, some people do a mix of half and half. Some people will feed him once a day. Some people will feed him twice. There's also there's all sorts of different options out there. And do, do you know? I mean, dogs now have been given. I mean, there's all sorts of like there's veg. You get vegetarian options now. You can get vegetarian options for dogs. I mean, there's all sorts of things that go on. It's a it's a market that has grown from like tins of dog food that I think we both kind of remember or recognise as, you know, back in the eighties to now. I mean. I mean, they've got a, they've got a choice menu. If you want your dog to eat chickpeas, easy done. You can find it. I mean, do you splurge on treats for them? No, they, they have they have this type of food. I think this this food I, I is I mean it's pretty. I think it's quite on the punchy, expensive side, but it's an allergy, um, it's an allergen friendly dog food. But they don't well, they don't get loads of treats. They get um, a little kind of like a tooth treat at the end of the every every night they get, which is good for them to chew and it's good for their teeth. And they get one of those and they absolutely love it. But that's it. They they don't get. No, they're not overly pampered when it comes to food like you'd imagine we have been through a period where some dogs have eaten very very well um but that's through no choice of their own that's kind of like um something that happened one night in a kitchen where we had a guy a new guy on the sauce and he was cooking we had fillet steaks on the menu i wonder where this was going then your voice dropped (laughs) it was just it's one of those most depressing nights that he he, he couldn't get into the rhythm of the steak cookery so he overcooked five fillet steaks all of it so we couldn't send them so and, and I mean I, d- I didn't really know what to do with him. Like it was just like we can't we're not sending that we can't send that. So we kind of uh, th- didn't throw it in the bin, didn't stack it. I thought we could either give it a staff tea, but actually I took it home and fed the boxer at the time. She absolutely loved it. I mean I came home late at night. She had five fillet steaks. I mean it was like her dream, you know, eleven thirty at night getting fed fillet steak. This is like you know a dog a dog heaven. She was it, in. It took the edge off your disappointment too. To it an did extent. a little bit. Bad enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. See her smiley face. Yeah, she was probably probably more upset that it didn't happen the next day. So, I mean, as you've touched on there, uh, the world of uh, dog food has, has, has changed massively. You know, people who want to feed their foodie French bulldogs and gastronomically exacting golden retrievers, different foods now have a lot of options. Uh, it's a near $100 billion global industry that's diversified recently into the realms of insect-based sustainable dog foods, or as Tom mentioned, uh, raw food diets for dogs. Um, interestingly, the ecological impact of diets, I mean, you mentioned vegetarian dog food earlier, uh, that's something that's uh, increasingly forefront for owners uh, the the global emissions from pets are sometimes referred to as their paw print boom tish uh, and one study calculated that cats and dogs are responsible for 25 to 30 percent of the environmental impacts of meat consumption in the u.s and yeah in recent years mimicking the shifts in human food sustainability has come to the forefront for pet producers as well uh, for example the number of uk pet food products containing marine stewardship council certified sustainable fish has grown massively in recent years and there's now around 7 million units sold annually. Uh, Tom, as a man dealing with the finest produce, I mean, is this something you've ever considered, the environmental impacts of your dogs and how they eat? Uh, 
No, it, because you don't see it on a... You just assume that the thing that you're buying, like, is very simple. I mean, because we're buying the dried kibble stuff, it's kind of like it, you don't see it as a complete meat process. You don't see the the, the way that that's affecting. And then when you mention it there, 25 to 30% um, in the United States... Well, that's a staggering figure, it's isn't it? It's huge, isn't it? It's absolutely massive. And most of that will come from... I'm not quite sure how those figures will be worked out because a lot of it, a lot of animal food comes from the waste product of cattle farming. Or, sure. Or, or, yeah. So, so you go. So it, that is that a knock-on effect of actual humans eating beef that then the waste product goes, but then because of that consumption, that's all added together. How are those figures actually come about? Because I can't quite believe that people at 30% of cat and dog environmental issues are drawn because we're creating cat and dog food. Yeah, I mean, I think the argument is that obviously some of that food, well, that food is fit for human consumption in theory. Often it's about what can be retailed effectively. Exactly. And so a lot of stuff that goes into the dog food and pet food chains theoretically could be eaten by humans. It could be. But then there, there is the waste issue, isn't there? There's the, the process there that this is a way of using waste. That I mean, there's always going to be a counter argument, and I'm not. I haven't got any of the facts or figures or anything in front of me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to counter argument here. But you'd have to say that you know a lot of pet food is is used up as a waste thing from non being sure. being non retail. Sure. Yeah. So you know th- there is a use to it. Um, I suppose in a counter argument, but for, from a it. it the whole process of understanding what we're doing, I mean, it's a whole different world, isn't it? The environmental impact of of meat and meat usage um, uh, and the process that we get to, to where we're at. So, no, it's not something I had looked at. However, from a, an environmental point of view, from, from a human consumption, yeah, absolutely. You know, sustainability is something that's incredibly important, buying the best that you can, perhaps choosing um, a, a meat-free products or perhaps making sure that those uh, are l- less processed. All of those sort of things are very much apparent in, in the way that I think we, the way that the restaurants operate. Um, but then at the same point, maybe, you know, we should flow that through into the way that our pets eat. You know, how, what food are we giving them? Uh, and again, it, you know, a lot of it will come down to cost. And, you know, the, the finer the food, the more expensive it is, you know. And dogs aren't necessarily fussy. Do you know what I mean? They'll pretty much eat what you give them if they're hungry. It's not like a kid going, I don't like my greens. Do you know what I mean? You just go, here, here's a bowl of food. Most dogs will actually eat it. So if, if you're cutting costs, if we're watching how we're spending our money, Dog food and prioritising high-quality dog food probably is not up there on many people's lists. Well, if you do want to dip in, so I mentioned the Marine Stewardship Council. So they now have a Pet Food Brand of the Year Award, uh, which was won by a company this year, well, well, back end of 2021, who makes such things as cod granola, redfish cookies and dried sprats for dogs. I think that's amazing. Think your dogs would go for that? Yeah, I know they would. I think they'd absolutely love it. Yeah, I think that, uh, to be honest, I think the idea of using more and more fish product is a great thing because, you know, we hear about the amount of waste product that goes back into the sea of fish that has to be thrown back that isn't usable, fish that just can't retail. Um, So, yeah, if dogs will eat it, that is great. I think that a move to that is, is fantastic. The only issue that I would say from a consumer end point of view, no one likes the dog food smell. And if the dog food smell is slightly 
tinned fishy a bit pungenty we got to be a little bit careful not many people want their houses to smell of that so it's kind of you know we end up in this ongoing environment of enjoying wanting to be with dogs but we don't want the other, all the other stuff that comes with it so has removing the odor from dog food then been one of the innovations in the last couple of decades then yeah it's I funny can... you say that because it, i must admit i mean when i go to friends houses who've got dogs now you never smell the dog food and it used to home yeah I, yeah no exactly 90s. i think it's the, a lot more moved to the dry food i think that right. that's a big big thing i think from a health issue from a dog point of view um but i also think yeah that does help remove the smell a dehydrated a, a dried food yeah definitely definitely means it's not as pungent as opening a tin in the 80s so for dog owners who really want to take close control of their dog's diets tom there's this increasing trend apparently for dog owners cooking from scratch for their dogs so this has spawned a whole industry of uh cookbook and canine nutrition services and meal ingredient delivery brands. So, Tom, I mean, is this something you've ever tried, whipping up a few liver chip cookies or meatloaf for your dogs? I have to be honest, it's no, I have not. No, they to be they, 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 every now and then they might get a bit of leftover stuff from a Sunday lunch mixed in with a bit of gravy into their dry mix. They may get, you know, on, on a on a brunchy breakfasty time, a little bit of leftover omelette mixed in with it. But I have never cooked for my dogs. I've not like outright cooked for them, like to cook them tea. Unless they're ill. Now, every now and then, right, they've got to have a slightly dodgy stomach. When we, the, the French bulldogs, not so much. When we had boxers with it, they, they'd have something that, I mean, was known in our house as boxer belly because they, they, they have quite distended stomachs and it's always a, the, the just, they, they end up with a few toilet issues or front end issues. And you go, right, to set all that, we go, they're, they're quite Love, the way. Pla- Love the way you termed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we kind of, we, we, but plain, plain boiled rice. So, which is a so we we cook them rice so they'd have rice for breakfast so the extent is boiled rice They've the extent got is boiled an rice. absolute top chef top chef in the house and they don't know they're being palmed off with boiled rice <laughs> yeah. those poor yeah. dogs yeah i tell you what sometimes it'll even come in a pouch and i'll microwave it because you know it's bright and early i haven't got time to board a rice i've got to get out early microwave a pouch of rice crack on dogs so here's one for you you may know this so uh, parsley apparently is good for uh, dog's breath Really? I mean, I've got yeah. to be honest, they're going to need a lot of parsley. <laughs> Let's say, like, I, I mean... You it, think that's a battle that there's not enough parsley uh, yeah, to I, fight? Well, that was a tip from uh, Deborah Robertson, a food writer and a specialist in this area who uh, Good Food have covered, uh, c- uh, carried some of her recipes previously. Uh, the parsley was a passing reference, uh, but her other some of the other recipes and dishes that she's created for dogs include sardine and sweet potato bake and a chicken and fennel gratin with sage and parmesan. Uh, that now, that sounds Deborah. like your dogs would go for that, I think. Yeah, I mean, they'd love it. I know Deborah. She's amazing. I yeah. mean, she's cooking dogs, dog food. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And she's got a cookbook out with it? Uh, yes, if possibly more than one, actually. I must admit you're calling my bluff there slightly. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm gonna have to have a little look at this. There was definitely one cookbook. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to have a little look. Who knows? Who knows? I might do a little bit of dog cookery from it. Uh, do, I mean, do you know your dog's palates? I mean, they're quite kind of big, 
flavours. It struck me uh, the dogs sound like they're a bit like chefs, like big umami flavours by the sounds of it. I've got to be honest, I've, my two dogs, it doesn't matter what you put down in front of them, they would just hoover it up. They, they, would, they, would, they would eat it, like they would eat it. So in terms of their palate, no, we ha- it's not something we've tried. <laughs> it's not, I haven't, I, we haven't been overseas. You need to up your game, yeah. Tom, clearly. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, mean, I mean, if I was training them to get in the kitchen, yeah, maybe we would be practising with a few more things. But right now, they come home, they they, their palate is not so much time. They're very, very good. All right, quarter to seven in the morning, they they are like, yeah, yeah, it's breakfast. Why, why is nobody up and giving me breakfast? It's breakfast time, no matter what time of day it is. They know like at five o'clock is tea. All right, I want my tea time, and they know like at quarter past nine it's their tooth treat time. You can set your watch by them, right? That is it. Dogs know timing. Not necessarily a strong palate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may you may find that you're in a minority here, though. So uh, Good Food did a little poll on Instagram a while back on this. So uh, interestingly, the magazine, has 30% plus, I think, of the readers are dog owners, which is higher than the national average. And of 1,000 people that responded, 59% said they were keen to cook for their dogs. So, uh, you know, you may find yourself trying this sooner than later. Yeah, I, I can see that, though. If you're If you're a foodie... And you love dogs, which clearly people who listen to this podcast will read BBC Good Food magazine are. You just go, okay, I can see how that is next level. Like I can see, you know, why people would want to do that. You're a dog lover. You want to cook something for the dog. It's quite good fun. Also, I don't think it doesn't matter what the end result looks like. Like, you know, it's just going to be shoved in a bowl. You're not, you're not, you're not over presentation skills here, are you? You're just having a go at creativity. I quite, quite like the idea of it. It's just a time thing, I think. So uh, this is more difficult, though, than I imagined it might be. So are you aware of this list of things that you can't feed dogs? little quiz for you here. So, okay. Uh, go Chocolate's on. up there, isn't it? It Chocolate. is. Chocolate is on there, yeah. Chocolate is one of them. Grapes, I think, is one. Grapes and raisins, yes, yeah. that's on there. Grapes, raisins, chocolate. What else have my wife shouted at me about for not for feeding their dogs? Uh, grapes, raisins, All chocolate. the alliums. So really? onions, garlic, chives, uh, somehow toxic. Uh, macadamia nuts specifically. Right. Don't know if you ever share a bag of nuts with your dogs. I, but. I, I have a, uh, cashews, yeah, but not macadamia. Uh, corn on the cob, not corn. Corn on the cob specifically, because apparently it's the uh, the cob itself can get lodged bit. in the intestine. Could, ah. uh, so avocado is also dangerous, and the sweetener uh, xylitol is that how you pronounce it? Xylitol uh, and alcohol. But then, really. You would never give your dog beer, would you? No, absolutely not. No. no. My, my Georgie, the the tattoo paw print on my arm. She was a big fan of curry. Absolutely loved the curry, but no, not beer. Like if you had leftover curry, she would honestly. It was her favourite thing. Like it's spicy as well. She'd love it. Cut bones as well, which is the one that surprised me because it can splinter apparently. Yeah. So yeah, and poultry, poultry bones. That's another one that splinters. Right. Yeah, so that yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to you know. Milk can be problematic for some dogs as well. So you know, there is a lot going on there. I mean, even if you do know all those dangers, though, uh, you should talk to a vet. Uh, as I read it, before you go down this path, uh, a lot of veterinary experts are a little ambivalent about this. You know, obviously, commercial dog food is is created to give all give your dogs the nutrients and all the healthy bits they need. See, there's, uh, that's right, you know, because there's other little bits. Like there's dogs, different breeds of dog need different 
thing. It's not just like a human being. Like a Great Dane is very different than to a Jack Russell, you know. And also age as well as they age, their bone structure and everything is, it is different. And I think dog foods like that are put together uh, like properly for different age. They're there to help your dogs. Just cooking them French beans and mixing it in with yeah. a bit of gravy isn't necessarily going to be the best thing. 37 nutrients apparently in the uh, average balanced tin of dog food, which, you know, you would struggle to do perhaps at home unless you were going to spend a lot of time nailing that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, I don't know if that's in French beans and gravy. Who knows? It might be. There might be more. You mentioned earlier some, you know, talking about vegetarian dog food. I mean, you don't know anybody who's done that, do you? Because that itself, I mean, that seems you know incredibly complicated for that same reason that obviously you know you, you're trying to replace what would be a roughly i think 70 percent protein diet normally yeah with veg yeah no i don't but there are the vegetarian um dog food companies that do it they must go into that research of of, of, of protein replacement where it comes in how do they get it is it from yeah, yeah, yeah. lentils yeah, is it from yeah. chickpeas is it from you know those other kind of like pulses that are quite high in proteins so it, it, it i think it'll be an understanding of how they can put it all together but sure. no i don't yeah. know i, don't I just know wondered anyone. if you know you knew anybody who'd done that themselves and kind of you know tried to go down that path without kind of assistance from bought-in products you know no and and i can see why if you were from a, a strict vegetarian or vegan and dogs are part of your life and you wanted that to be a part of your life so I could see why that would work as long as it was working for the dogs and the dogs were happy I wouldn't I can't see that being a problem sure so we've talked about what the dogs are eating now yeah. it's time to talk about what we're eating right so you know obviously and I'm not dog food <laughs> not dog food I've got to be honest so I have eaten a dry dog biscuit dog treat because I mean it looks would like, you recommend it so no it's very <laughs> under seasoned I've got to be honest when I ate it didn't very it didn't taste it very much I thought it would be a bit more savoury yeah. like a like a pub snack <laughs> and it just it just wasn't it was a little bit dull I've got to be honest he was disappointed ladies and gentlemen <laughs> don't do it I was uh, disappointed yes. in my dog biscuit treat so uh, you know everybody wants to eat out with their dogs these days um, you know I believe some of your venues are dog-friendly, aren't dog they? Dog-friendly, yeah. I mean, if you go to continental Europe, you know, the French, the Italians, the Spanish, dogs are hanging out all the time. People have got dogs. They're part of their life. It's, it's not a weird thing for them to be in restaurants at all. It's increasingly a commercial necessity for a lot of pubs, isn't it? I mean, you know, that whole thing of offering dog bowls and free dog treats and stuff, it's become a kind of way of luring in people, hasn't it? Well, like you say, two million more dog owners yeah. uh, uh, through through the pandemic, through lockdown, coming out the other side. Those dogs don't just disappear. They're around now for the next 10, 15 years. You know, <laughs> you've got them. Let, you know, you want to go out with them. You want to make them a part of your life. And I think, you know, it, it all comes down, I suppose, to the way that we eat out. It's a lot more relaxed. It's a lot more informal. It's a lot more chilled. I understand if you're not a dog lover, why you wouldn't want to be sat in a top-end restaurant necessarily next to a dog. I kind of get it. But if it's a well-behaved small small dog that's just hanging out and chilling, I really haven't got a problem with it. I think it's quite cool. Well, let's talk about the, you know, the rules, if you like, of eating out with your dog then. So, um, pretty obvious. Under the table, no jumping around, no clogging up the aisles where people are going to trip over it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fairly standard. If you you come in, and most dogs, you know, if you're hanging out and you're in town, and most, if you're going to take a dog to a restaurant, your dog is pretty, going to be pretty well behaved anyway. Because you, 
you're not going to enjoy yourself if you're stressing about a dog jumping up and down, running around, barking at other dogs, jumping up at people when they come to the table. You know, you won't enjoy it, let alone the dog. Do you know what I mean? So if you if your dog's chilled, happy, go to the pub, sit down, and just sit there and go, okay, we're going to hang out here for the next hour and a half, aren't we? You know, it's it's pretty cool. Do you know? I d- I just think it's a yeah. You don't want them in the way, and you don't want them to be bothering other tables because if that happens, that it will ruin your meal. You're, you're like, you know, like, you know, you've got kids, you've got a baby and the baby's screaming. And you're so paranoid that you're ruining everybody else's time. It's the same sort of thing. So you just don't want, you want it, you want it to be an easy thing. You want to enjoy your life. I mean, I do have a slight problem with that in so much as I think there's a minority of dog owners who assume that you want to interact with their dog. You know, I set my lad to the pub. Uh, I don't expect other parents in there or other adults in there to entertain him in the same way. I don't expect to have to entertain somebody else's dog. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a fair assumption. It's one you should be like. <laughs> I mean, if you were sat there as a non-dog lover and a dog comes up and eats your burger, I mean, you, you are fully entitled to be upset about that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no dogs that stink, I think, in pubs where it's a you know small environment and you're going to get a whiff of it. And, you know, I suppose muddy dogs is fine in country pubs. Yeah, I mean, it's all part and parcel of country pubs. As long it? as they're not leaping on other people, I suppose. That's it. We've all been out for walks. You've got wellies on, you've got wet coats, you've got a log fire going, you've got a wet, scruffy dog, you've got a pint of real ale and a pie yeah. coming. It all kind of just sits the environment, doesn't it? It all fits nicely. I have, I think it's I think it's great. It's very true. I mean, even I, as the, you know, the non-dog lover in this conversation, reckon that there is something about a dog lying in front of a fire or under a table in a pub that kind of completes the scene, really, doesn't it? So, exactly, yeah, yeah. They're furniture. It's time for Where Do You Stand On? Where Do You Stand On? So, uh, we're going to do a quick where do you stand on now. All right. Around some of the key topics here. Okay. So, uh, dogs on kitchen worktops. Is this inevitable as they scavenge for food or is it hygiene no-no? For me, it's a hygiene no-no, and I'm quite lucky. I've got two French bulldogs. They could never reach my kitchen worktop, so we're we're good with that. They just scurry around on the floor waiting for me to drop a bit of cheese. Are these are these tiny dogs? I don't know what the dimensions they're of a French big, bulldog are. No, they're not are. big. They're French bulldog, like an English bulldog, just like shrunk a bit. So, but when I had the boxers, the bo- yeah, uh, like we, you'd have to put food on the worktop to, right towards the back if you were going out because one of them in particular was pretty good at getting up there and eating it. Have you ever lost any serious gourmet food you've been looking forward to because the dogs have got there first? No, fortunately not. No, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> However, I have lost a sofa and pillows full of feathers and yeah, all sorts of stuff that, that they've chewed through when puppies, yeah, but no food, fortunately. And no, no animals attacked other animals. That's very and a very expensive business, I believe. If you live in the countryside and your dogs are liable to run off, so that I mean, we have had one occasion where I, yeah, that we had a. So at one point we had a spaniel, and a boxer. Now the spaniel's natural instinct is following scents, sniffing, running through the undergrowth, trying to find birds that have been shot as a gun dog. Like it's kind of like it runs around. And the boxer's natural instinct is kind of like attack, play, destroy. And we were walking through the fields in the middle of nowhere and there had been a chicken that had escaped from somewhere from a farm miles away. Nothing, nowhere near, nothing close. And the spaniel went off on a run. Like you could see his tail going, his head to the ground. And the boxer ran off chasing after him, going, oh, I wonder what's going to go on here. The spaniel found the chicken that was running around, sniffed it out. The boxer 
sniffed it out. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of went, we weren't quite sure what to do. Fun that was story. one of those moments, but, you know, it, it, these things happen. Yeah. So, is it okay to feed your dog scraps under the table? Oh, I'm going to go with, I don't think it is, no, because dogs can't learn that it's, this is just a one-off special treat. They you're they you're get, never eating peace again, surely. No, exactly. It becomes habitual and they like it and they do that. You can't help, if you're sat there as a big family and you're eating lunch or dinner and you've got friends over and whatever, the smell's amazing. Dogs are like, this is, if you cook a lovely lunch, dogs are like, yeah, what's this? This smells amazing. Like, And they'll kind of hang around, they'll do whatever else. But we get into the process of feeding the dogs at the same time as we have lunch. So they they, they get stuck with they, uh, or dinner. So they're having their dinner the same time as we will. So that then when they've come around, they're already a bit full up. Uh, they're obviously still then interested in the food. And then maybe if there's anything left and you've cleared the table, I would feed them any leftovers back in where they normally eat. But we don't feed them at the table, no, because like you say, they will think that every time you sit down at the table, it's their feeding time and they'll hang out and they'll wait for you to drop things on the floor for them. And that's, that's a no-no for me. What about letting the dogs lick the plates clean before they go in Absolutely the dishwasher? Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> now, I have got a mate, and I'm not Please sure whether say. it happened as a one-off, and now he encourages the dog to do it because he knows it grosses me out so much. But, yeah, he thinks it's hilarious that no, I, uh, I, I'm so squeamish about yeah, this. No, for me as well, I'm like, what, what, what? I mean, I don't care how many times that plate goes through the dishwasher. I just put it in the bin. Like, absolutely not. No, dogs cannot lick the plates in the dishwasher. Although, uh, interestingly, my wife has taken to feeding a cat that roams around in the back alley near our house. And I noticed she's using the bowls out of the kitchen to do it the other day. And I did request, can she choose one that we have specifically <laughs> yeah. for that task? Well, that, see, that's the thing. We always had, when, when we used to have, when I was a little kid, we had cats. And we used to have the cat food spoon. So that was a, that, that spoon was only yeah. ever used for taking food out of the tin to put into the bowl for the cat. Like it was never like you wouldn't eat your cereal with it, even though it'd been washed and cleaned or whatever. You still there's still a thing in your head, isn't there? There's still a thing. See, this is perhaps why I've not been persuaded around to a dog. I needed to be around you who yeah. has the same hygiene phobias as yeah. I do. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> to persuade me that dog ownership is possible whilst being really cleanly and finicky. Uh, I mean. Really cleanly. I mean, it's hard. Like I got a six-year-old and two dogs. You go. I live near the countryside. You go for walks and you come. Through, <laughs> you come through. There's muddy pools. There's dumped in. Where there's wellies that are dropped. There's a, you know. There's stuff everywhere. However, when it comes to the eating process, you've got to be a little bit more kind of like. Yeah. You've got to have some stringent rules around it. But fundamentally, those dogs fill your heart. Then you oh. would recommend it for everybody. Honestly, they're amazing. Dog dog ownership is just brilliant. It's fantastic. It's, uh, There's such lovely things to have. They're great. They're family pets. They're, they're amazing. They're great companions. And they, the best thing that you can always get from dogs is they live in the moment. They live now. So they, if you tell them off right, for doing something naughty, at that moment, they're feeling bad for being naughty. But you could, a minute later, say, here, here, mate, come here, come here, come here. And they're, uh, there they go. Okay, if it's all okay again, they live for right now. They don't live. They don't hold grudges. They <laughs> they don't they they don't try and think what's going to happen in the future. They don't. They just live right here and now. And I reckon if we all had a bit more live like a dog in us, we'd all enjoy our lives a lot more. Dogs, examples to us all. Yes. Thank you, Tom Carriage. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. For more brilliant cooking advice, don't miss the quick bonus recipe episode. Let's cook together. See you next time. Download the BBC Good Food app today and get inspired in the kitchen. 
try a 30-day free trial to discover more than 13,000 recipes. Plus, as part of your subscription, you'll enjoy new ideas and exclusive recipes every month. The app will help you cook your best every day and build confidence in the kitchen with a range of skills videos and food masterclasses. You can organise your week by saving your favourite meals to make every day simpler. Plus, it's totally ad-free, so there are no distractions. Visit the App Store and search for BBC Good Food to download the ultimate cooking app today.